Welcome to episode 15 of One Before I Die. Here we are recording an episode uh, a day late, as we announced on our Twitter and Instagram profiles. Um, we are dropping this on Tuesday. Obviously, you're listening to it now on Tuesday as opposed to yesterday and Monday, uh, just because Ethan actually went to the um, Sabres-Blackhawks game Sunday night. Um, we just kind of a little bit busy on Sunday, so we decided to push it back again and gather all those thoughts so we could talk about that game as well, as, as well as the Bills game, obviously, and then the Sabres past week. They had two other games against Carolina and Ottawa as well. So, um, But here we are, back to talk a little bit more Buffalo sports. As always, we'll start with... Uh, the Bills, and then probably transition to the Sabres later, uh, later on in the episode. But yeah, Ethan, how you doing over there? I know it was a, t- a tough loss. Obviously, Sabres game um, in Chicago, especially you, you know you were at the game, and it just was one of the most brutal games of the year, probably. So, I mean, obviously, I said we're getting in the Sabres later, but might as well just give your initial thoughts on that because you were there. Yeah, bittersweet Monday, kind of a half victory Monday. Um, you know, glad the Bills got it done, but I was absolutely embarrassed at the Sabres game. So I was kind of, you know, woke up with a bittersweet taste in my mouth. Um, you know, I was riding high going into the Sabres game too. On an unrelated note, it was a big, big Sunday for me because I had the Bills game at noon. Um, as some of our listeners know, I went to UConn, so they had a big game, big basketball game against Florida, and they actually upset Florida, who was ranked. So UConn's back, and uh, so I was, you know, two for two going into this game, so I got a little cocky, you know. I was like, oh, yeah, let's go three for three. And then the Sabres get the doors blown off of them. I'm getting chirped by the second period. Um, we have no offense. Kirby Doc puts up two. Um it's just, it was just embarrassing. You know, I walked out of that stadium with my head hanging. Um, but you know, we got it. We got the Sabres. I mean, we'll get to the Sabres later in the episode, but let's start with the bills here. Um, hand up. I was wrong. (laughs) They got the W, which I love to see. I love being wrong when I pick them to lose. So, um, I mean, initial thoughts out of my, out of my brain here, we got, um, I thought it was Allen's best game of the season, which was nice to see. Um, finally stepped up. Um, the offense looked the best it did all year. Uh, Allen finally hit that three TD mark, which was, you know, we talk about it all year that he's never thrown three TDs in a game so far. So that was good to see. He also got one rushing, so he got the job done. Um, still didn't eclipse the 300 passing yard mark, but I mean, I'd rather see him throw three TDs than 300 yards. So um, can't complain there. You know, I thought 
the defense didn't look as, you know, the one thing, the defense didn't look that good against the bad Dolphins team. Um, I know we got a lot of sacks, but can't let up 20 points against that team. Um, I know that special teams scored a touchdown there. I mean, special teams, the, the, our special teams coordinator, I don't even know who it is, should be fired. Like today should be fired. Um, you let up an onside kick and a kicker turn touchdown in one half. You should be fired. Um, well, and, that, and also a couple, I think Grant also had another big return too on a kick. Yeah. Like it just yeah. wasn't a good game for special teams, special teams all around. Yeah. The only yeah. time, the only thing that was really good about special teams who has been pretty good all year is Andre Roberts back returning. He's always solid back there, but that's him. That's not the coach. So. And house money had a nice bounce back game. He hit a nice 50 yarder. Yeah. He, yeah. He was pretty solid. I don't think he missed a field goal. So yeah. So a nice bounce back game for him. You're right. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this game. Obviously the bills, um, what we're talking about, their win over the dolphins, 37 to 20 was the final score. Um, and you know, I, and I said, Hey, sometimes it just works that way. You know, we're doing predictions last week. We're, we're kind of bagging on the offense, how, how we have been all year. But I predict, uh, I think I predicted a 28 to 21 win. And you say, and you say, Sam, how, uh, in this world, how humanly possible will this team put up this offense? We're bagging them all episode 28 points. And I told you, Hey, you just got to, sometimes it just works like that. Sometimes you have a bad offense. Sometimes it doesn't work out the way it usually does, but you know, you just got a feeling it's going up against a bad team and they scored 37 points. So it was their best, best game on offense by far of the year. So far, as you said, I agree with that. Um, and yeah, and it was by far the best Allen's looked in his career, not just this year, last year included. So that was, that was a good step forward. And I know that was kind of your one gripe with this, with this bills team, as I've been trying to be positive, your one gripe was, yeah, we're winning. We might be, you know, getting these grimy wins, but you haven't seen a lot of improvement in the offense. Um, I think today, I think yesterday, or I guess Sunday, uh, was a, was a improvement finally. And I think that it kind of even shown, to me, one thing that stuck out to me during the game was that because, you know, we've been talking about what, what's the main reason this offense has been struggling. Is it Allen? Is it the play calling? Is it, what is it to me? That game showed me that it's the play calling more than anything, because there was a couple times, you know, during that game where I had no idea what we were doing, you know, it was for, first of all, it was Brian Dabble moved up to the booth for the first game of the year. I don't know if that had anything to do with the, more of the success, but he also me, grew a mustache, which I kind of liked. <laughs> yeah, get a little get a little <laughs> funk on there. I like that too. But I don't know. There's still still some kind of sketchy on the play calling. But when Allen, you know, like for example, I think what, when that picked out to me was it was like another third and short or something. Or and and Allen throws it down, you know, to the sideline on kind of like a long long bomb. I don't know the specific exact play I'm talking about, but it happened a couple of times. Where in that in that moment, that's not Allen. Like that is obviously the first read that you're coach is calling, Hey, we're going to this guy on the side. We see him in single coverage or whatever. It's no progression or anything. So I think more of the blame has to go on dabble moving forward, especially obviously it's easy to say now with the way Allen kind of looked yesterday, but if you kind of cut him loose, I feel like, and let him, you know, do his thing. I think that might be the way to go about him. But anyway, yeah, it was a good game for him and, and stack guy right here. I want to talk about how you were talking about, you know, maybe not as much improvement as you'd like to see in Allen's first six game or first four games of the season, he had a total of six t- touchdowns running and passing combined and a total of six interceptions in his last six games, total TDs running and passing 14 interceptions, one. So that's a 
drastic improvement right there. I mean, he's not doing his, uh, you know, he's throwing the ball away more when he doesn't have anything. He's not, uh, throw it to no man's land. He's not scrambling out and trying to make something happen when it's not there. So I, I do think you see the improvements and obviously it's going to come back again. to this was a, a lower tier Miami team and that factors into it. But Hey, last time we played them, it, w- it wasn't, you know, as big of a difference as it was on, on Sunday. So you, you gotta, you gotta like what you saw there and you gotta move forward and be happy, um, with, with what happened on Sunday, I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'll be the first one to say that the Dolphins aren't, you know, a good measuring stick for if you have a good quarterback or not. But I mean, you, you're playing the Dolphins and I don't care who you're playing. You got to perform. So he finally showed me that. Um, like you said, when we played the Redskins and the Dolphins, I didn't see the same game on Allen that we saw yesterday. Um, Miami has been notoriously a tough spot for the Bills to win. We, I feel like, you know, the Dolphins, no matter what team they put out there, when we go down to Miami, it's always a tough game. Um, you know, the, it's weird in the AFC East. It seems like, you know, the Patriots always lose in Miami. The Bills always lose in Miami. The Jets always lose in Miami. So um, it was good. You know, we put up 37 points, which is, you know, a legit offense. You know, it's finally a number where you, you look at it and you say, wow, we, we scored a lot. So, um happy about that. I was happy about Allen's decision-making. Um, you know, Singletary had another great game. He's got to hang onto the ball though. I think, I don't know if that's going to be a problem with him moving forward or not, but you could tell that he had trouble hanging on the ball game. I think he had two fumbles there. I think we yeah. got both of them back, but who knows? Is that going to be a problem moving forward? That's not, that's not something we can deal with. We know Allen has those problems as well. Um, but that's tough. You know, John Brown obviously popped off. I, I was sure you're going to get into him. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, if Allen wasn't the player of the game, I'd say John Brown was right there. Um, two touchdowns. I think he had like 130 some yards receiving uh, six or seven catches. I want to say um, legit wide receiver num- one numbers. So I love to see that out of, out of him. Um, we're finally, you know, I, it's good to see John Brown. I mean, I think he's had a pretty nice season overall. Um, Definitely. I don't think he, he hasn't had one game under 80 receiving yards the entire right. year. So, so it's good to see that chemistry building. Um, so my biggest thing going forward here is we got to build on this, right? We can't have one good game and then go back to where we were, um, especially coming next week. I know we're still talking about this game, but I just want to say, you know, next week against the Broncos, we got a, a better defense, um, a team that's been playing better in the Broncos. I mean, they were, they were up 20 to nothing at one point against the Vikings, um, this past week. So yeah, the Broncos th- are definitely a team that scares me. I, as you said, we'll get into that later and you know, predictions and everything, but I, I will say, I think we're going to win, but it definitely scared that team definitely scares me in a weird way. Yeah. Same. So, um, yeah, I mean, we got the job done in Miami. I don't know if we want to, you know, if you have any more detail you want to get into here. Um, I mean, we can go over the game a little bit. I also want to bring up that, uh, I think, I think someone that that's kind of huge that maybe he's flying under the radar that Ty Nasecki got hurt and it didn't look like a good injury too. So that's our starting right tackle um, got carted off and obviously him and Cody Ford have been platooning in that right tackle position all year, but naseki has been solid and both of them going back and forth. I think it's really worked well. I think Nasecki might've even been a little bit, you know, the better out of the two of them. Yeah, for sure. So, so I don't know. I mean, hopefully Cody Ford can hold his own going forward, but that's, I think been one of the keys of, of this team and the offense. I, you know, it's obviously struggled, but definitely not one of the weak spots has been the offensive line. I think the offensive line has been great this year. That's obviously the the part we had to patch up in the off season. That's where we struggled last year. We talked about it before the season started. We, 
we got new bodies in there. We didn't know how they were going to perform. And to me, I think they've been great. And I think Ty Nisaki has been a huge part of that. And, you know, it wasn't just an injury where he's rolled his ankle and you see him kind of shaking it off or something. I mean, he was down right away. I think it was on one of the plays where Singletary fumbled where mm-hmm. he ran into the back of his right ankle or whatever. It, lo- it looked gruesome. And he obviously got carted off. People are slapping him up um, on his way out. So not yeah, good. He might be done for the year. Yeah, exactly. And that wouldn't be good to see. Uh, like I said, hopefully Cody, you know, Cody Ford has been pretty good too. And, maybe it's because he's been platooning. So who knows if he comes in full time in that position, if he's going to be able to sustain as well as he's, as he's been, but hopefully he can. Cause like I said, I think that O line has been a solid unit this year so far. Um, so I just want to throw that in there, but, but yeah, no, I mean, it, I think it was a good bounce back game by the bills. And like you said, it's a hard measuring stick with Miami, but what stuck out to me also is that we, we scored points on pretty much, you know, we didn't, we, I think on special teams obviously was, the main negative part of the game. That's where we're shooting ourselves in the foot, but on offense in the past games, we've seen ourselves shoot, shoot ourselves in the foot where we're in field goal position, uh, field goal range. And Allen, you know, at the beginning of the year, that's where we were negative on him is where, how he takes us out this, you know, this game, we scored like points on, I think like every one of our drives, except for like three or four. So if you, you have to make sure that happens, you have to sustain that. You have to keep that up against these better teams because you can't shoot yourselves in the foot. Like we have at the beginning of the year, it hurt us a couple of times. You know, it hurt us against the Browns when, you know, we, when, uh, obviously that was kind of on Hoshko when he missed that 34 year old field goal, but then, so that, that comes back to bite you. So making sure you're scoring points when you can and keeping up our red zone offense, because that's actually been one of the high points of our offense this year. Um, but like you said as well, I think the defense has to be a little bit better. I know that they, you know, they force a lot of punts in a row. They, they get hot at certain times. They force turnovers on downs, but then they kind of give up, you know, it seems like they give up long drives all at once. It seems like they're either really, really good one drive or just really, really bad on a drive. It's never, you yeah. know, you know what I mean? It's either they're giving they're up like streaky kind of, yeah. So it's weird. You got to tighten that up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it, like we said, it's it's kind of hard to talk about, I guess, just other than what we pointed on, just because of the the competition and what we we thought going into that game. But I don't know anything you else got before we look ahead to the Broncos. Uh, one player that stood out to me on defense was Milano. I thought he had a really sick game. Um, he made a, he made a couple of good plays coming up. Um, you know, stopping receivers on some swing passes at the line of scrimmage. He was filling holes. I mean, he was hitting hard. He made an unreal play on this one where he blitzed and he uh, tipped the pass up and then almost intercepted it himself. Um, so he was just flying all over the football field. He's, I mean, he's been probably one of them. He's probably one of the most underrated players, I think in the, in the AFC from the defensive side. Um, definitely one of the studs on our, on our D we saw how much we missed him when he went down earlier in the year. Um, just, I think that's just a really unnoticed player, a guy that doesn't get a lot of, you know, you, you think about our defense, you think Trey white, you think of, you know, Hyde Poyer and then Edmonds. And then you think about like, you know, Ed Oliver, those he's kind of the under the radar guy. But if you, if you think about it, I think he's probably, I think he's our best linebacker. You know, I think Edmonds probably will be, better when he gets a little older but i mean right now i think milano is probably our best linebacker and he's absolute steal of a draft pick we got him in the fifth round out of bc just this you know hard-working guy and he's just got an absolute motor on him 
and, and he's just solid in all facets of the game. I mean, he stops the run. He's, he's great in coverage. Um, and he's just responsible. You never really see him making a bonehead play out there. You never see him, you know, missing responsibilities. Um, so I just, you know, I just want to tip, tip my cap to Milano's play out there. Um, thought he played really solid. And then also, I mean, I think the D line got after it yesterday. We had you know, what five sacks or so. Um, yeah, we're good. We're definitely getting to Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So we need more of that going forward. I know that's definitely probably a weak spot of our, of our defense right now. If we were to upgrade one position, I'd say we need, you know, an edge pass rusher would probably be the spot that I'd want to look to upgrade. We've, we've had trouble getting to the quarterback all season. So, um, you know, stopping the run, we, we did, we're better this game. I'll give credit to D there. You know, we didn't let up, you know, too many chunk run plays up the middle. So it was good to see us tighten up there. Pretty sure Miami only had like 27 rushing yards on the game as a team, which is good to see. But yeah, I mean, know, some it, are saying it's because we tweeted at Jordan Phillips to get, get the <laughs> line in line and he responded to us. So some are saying that was credit to us. I mean, not me, but some people might be saying that. Yeah. I, I heard some chatter about that as well. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm just doing my part here now, you know, so I'm just doing whatever it takes to win. Um, but yeah, I, like, I, like I said, like we, like we both have said, you know, it's tough to talk about this game when you play the dolphins. Um, and, I mean, it, any other result than the one yesterday would be kind of a disappointment. You know, it's, I was really happy to see us put up over 30 points, even though I was saying, you know, I picked us to win by three, I think 20 or I picked us to lose by three or something. I don't know. So <laughs> It was, it was, it was a good, good day, but it's, it's what it is, is a building block. Cause right now it's when, you know, we, we get real now. So this is when we start this is crunch playing. time and this is crunch time. And this is when our schedule isn't a joke anymore. Right. Then we play the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the, Ravens, the Steelers, the Patriots, Patriots and the Jets. Jets. So, I mean, besides the Jets, none of those are, are gimme games here. So, um, you know, let's see what this team's got. You know, I, I, I kind of like how we're set up, you know, coming off a confident win in Miami. And then I like how we're home this week too, against the Broncos, um, you know, playing in Denver would probably be a different story. I wouldn't be as confident, but you know, I like how we're going to have our crowds going to be fired up. You know, we're seven and three, um, and coming off of, you know, a big offensive performance. So I think our fans going to be a little cocky, honestly, and I think Allen's going to, I hope, I hope they let him loose like they did against uh, Miami here. In yeah. Canada. I mean, I, ho- I hope this gives him some confidence, right? I mean, he, yeah. he, he performed, it was like we said, it was his best game of his career. And you showed that he has a strong arm and he, he has talent. He has the running legs and he has the skill set to get it done. I think it's just, it's a matter of, can he do it on a consistent basis? So, yeah. and can he keep his head, you know, when he doesn't make a good pass, can he bounce back? Um, yeah. And can he be smart with the ball? Like you said, you know, that's, an, that's, this is probably one of his biggest knocks is, you know, not being able to hit receivers and turning the ball over. So Definitely. especially against his Broncos defense. And, that, I mean, and that's like the formula that you don't want as a quarterback, you know, you, right. just, said, you just said, can you hit his receivers and can you not turn the ball over? It's like the two things that you can't, you know, that you yeah. need, to, need to control. Um, yeah. But then I just piggybacking off of what you were saying earlier about, you know, Milano flying around and, and the defense hitting on those guys kind of what I, you know, I wanted 
add in about kind of what I said in the second, obviously he got hurt. I think that's been a huge thing for the bills going forward. And we've been fortunate enough and we'll see if we can do it in the second half. This tail end of the season is stay healthy. Um, when we had our injuries at the beginning of the season, right before the bye week we were lucky enough to only have them, you know, first of all, we were lucky enough to have the bye week after our one game where we had the most injuries. And second off, we were lucky enough that those injuries weren't serious, you know, season ending injuries. So our defense has stayed healthy throughout the whole year, pretty much with only minor concerns, one or two games. Um, same with the offense, obviously Singletary out at the beginning of the season, but for the most part for an NFL football team, for a football season, I, I would say it's been a pretty healthy season. You know, I don't want to jinx it, knock on wood here, but that's huge for us. And we got to keep that going forward. Um, I just wanted to add that in there, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough, you know, leg of the season. Like you said, this is the heart of the season. This is where we have to, you know, grind it out, get it together, get, you know, a couple of wins against a little bit tougher teams and we'll see what we can do. But I guess <clears throat> all there's left to do is get a little prediction going here, right. For next week. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I want to say about this stretch is this is the stretch to me where we see if Allen is our guy or not. Um, cause we see what he did this first half of the season, kind of up and down, right. Had some flashes and then really turned it on last game with the consistency. So let's see if he can keep this consistency against better opponents. Cause right. Going forward, if, if he can show this kind of play against better defenses, keep our team in the games against these teams, then we might be ha we might have something. But I mean, if we start seeing all same old Allen and we lose by, you know, double digits to some of these teams, and we, I mean, I'm not saying that we still won't make the playoffs just because of how well we did in the first half and his strength of schedule and the stuff we've always talked about. But then it's maybe to start questioning whether he's our guy or, or not. So this is the prove it time for Josh Allen, really. This is his, his time to, to show the city and the organization that he's going to be the guy going forward and that you don't have to worry about the quarterback position. I'm not saying he has to win all these games. I'm just saying he has to show us that he can keep us in these games and make plays and score against tough defenses and on a more consistent basis and not turn the ball over, right? You can't have a Patriots week four game where he, you know, throws three picks. We only score 10 points and our defense just keeps us in the game. So like, like you, you gotta see, we gotta see Miami Josh Allen going forward um, regardless of if we win or not. Cause I mean, sometimes they're just going to play teams that are better than us, but that doesn't mean that you can't as from a quarterback perspective, you know, play a good game, Right. And do, and do all you can do to win, you know I mean? Right. Exactly. No, I completely agree. And then last thing I want to touch on, I guess, before I got a little bit of a question towards you before we go into prediction. Um, I, I hinted to, or I said it earlier, it kind of brushed over a little bit, but it was, you know, Brian Dabble, the offensive coordinator's first game up in the booth. And obviously, like I said earlier, I think the play calling has been sketchy the whole year. And I think that this game kind of showed that that's more of the problem that this offense has been. And at least in my opinion, do you think that him being in the booth changed anything or do you think that it was just, you, you know what I mean? I mean, do you, do you yeah. put any, do you put any, um, I don't know if I, I, in that? I don't know if I necessarily agree with you that the play calling has been the biggest issue so far. I mean, I, I haven't loved it. So, I well, mean, and, 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 um, just a little like that. So dad was at the game and I was just talking to him earlier and this isn't really as much the play calling, but maybe this is a little bit to take less of the blame off Allen as he said, you know, in person, cause when you're watching the game on TV and you know, the bills are on offense, Allen drops back, 
you know, it shows the pocket, you know, it doesn't show the receivers going out. It, you right. Know what's going on. I mean, dad said like a lot of the time the receivers just aren't getting open. And so, I mean, if you're the quarterback, you can't do anything on that. You know, a lot of time you're staring at the TV, throw it out, throw it, throw it, you know, do something. And, and I mean, if the receivers aren't open, he doesn't want to force the ball in there. And that's when he forces the turnovers and that's when we get all upset. So that's one part of it. Um, as far as the play calling goes, I just think that there's certain plays where it, stuck out to me a lot more this game where it seemed like the the call was one read only and it's Allen's, you know, Allen's thrown to that guy. That's what he's told. No matter what it is, they see one thing on the outside and he has one read. It seems like these plays are just one progression, not looking through them. And when, and when we did have calls where Allen was looking, going through his progressions, that's where he succeeded. And I mean, there was definitely obvious plays where it was like, John Brown down the sideline, man, man on man coverage, no matter if he's all, you know, covered, you know, like white on rice, Allen's still going to throw the ball. And that's when he just throws it out of bounds because he doesn't want to risk anything. And I think that's, those are such stupid play calls. Yeah. I mean, I guess I didn't look into it as closely as you did. Um, the thing that I just really want to see going forward is, I guess, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're, you're seeing something I'm not, but regardless, whoever's fault it is Allen dabble, whatever, when we're, when we're third and manageable third and short, we got to stop throwing these lob passes down the sidelines. Like exactly, let's start, exactly. let's start, you know, running. I mean, the third, third and four, third and three, like I've said this, I think on like maybe four different podcasts, this is Cole Beasley territory. Let's start using him for what we got him for, you know, right. and that's, that's put, him on, put him on, put him on Like if you're going to single out one guy, put Cole Beasley in a slot, try to get him against a nickelback or a linebacker and put him on an option route, like make him, you know, read, read the corner and make a decision. And then Alan, you know, just get it to him. Right. Um, that's where he makes his money. So, I mean, stop, let's stop throwing these fades down the sideline where we already know Alan struggles with those kind of passes and start using Cole Beasley in the slot a little more. I mean, I think he had a solid game yesterday, but I still would like to see more Cole Beasley going forward. Definitely. No, I, I completely agree. I think he did have, you know, a decent game, but I don't think it was, I don't think it was because of a lot of targets. It was because of chunk yardage when he got the ball. Right? I'm looking at it right now. He had four, four catches for 38 yards. Like I think you got to give him the ball more than four times. So I don't know. You got to look to him more. We say it every time. I don't want to beat the dead horse, but you're exactly right. So let's move on and let's get some predictions going for this bills game next week. Um, upcoming Sunday. And then obviously the, the quick turnaround Thanksgiving against the Cowboys. We're not going to get it that far ahead, but it's going to be a little quick turnaround there, but anyway, Broncos at bills, uh, Sunday, the 24th, one o'clock. Um, and like we both said earlier, this is a kind of a weird game. You know, the Broncos, I don't even, to be honest, I don't even know who their quarterback is. Flacco's hurt. It's, an, it's another guy named Allen now, I think. So it's going to be yeah. Allen V Allen. Um, he stinks. And, and I think the only guy I know on their team is Von Miller. Like, Oh, Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay. They actually have a decent run, running game, I guess. They got so. that, uh, Noah Fan, tight end, the new rookie who's pretty solid. Like, I know Cortland Sutton is having a good game at wideout or a good season for, at wideout for them. Right. So they have some, they have some options. So yeah, we'll but, see what I mean, happens. Yeah. I mean, the Broncos have a legit defense though. Um, you know, Von Miller, one of the best defensive players in the league. I think the bills are going to win this one. Just it's going to be a close one. I think, I think it's going to be another ugly one back to the old regime. Um, I don't think Allen's going to be thrown for three TDs in this one, but I think the bills are going to squeak this one out and I'm going to say they're going to win 20 to 13. Um, I think, I think the defense will play strong in front of the, the home crowd. I really think that 
this new Allen guy is going to struggle against this defense in playing at the Ralph. Um, and I, and I think I, I, I'm really not scared of their offense, honestly. Um, but I, I, but I am scared of their defense. I think, I think we're going to do enough to, you know, we're going to put up 20 points. Um, I think Allen, you know, if, if I'm, what I'm looking for out of Allen is to not turn the ball over and, and, and put some drives together. Like I said before, I mean, I, I think it's going to be another ugly game. Um, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but I think we're going to win 20 to 13. Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't have really much anymore. Okay. Yeah, I agree that I think we're going to win. Um, I think that I think it's going to be a little bit more of a high scoring game. I don't know. It's just my feeling. And I'm not saying it's because, oh, we had this great game against Miami offensively. We're all going to pop off. Um, I just think that it might be ugly, but I think we're going to get some points, but I think they're going to get some points too. And I think that they're, you're right. I'm not completely scared of their offense, but I think their ground game is going to get going. I like Philip Lindsay a lot. I think he's good. I think Royce Freeman's good as well. I think their backfield's pretty solid. And I mean, they've shown that they can run the ball that both of them have had pretty solid years. And obviously our run defense stepped up a little bit this past week, but you know, you never, you never know. I think that they're going to have some big games. Um, but I think our offense is going to be able to string something together. I think we're going to be able to put up points. I think we're going to score 27 points. I think the Broncos are also going to get some points. I think Allen will struggle, but like I said, the ground game's going to get going. And I think our defense will be solid, but I think we'll also give up a few long drives. I think we're going to be inconsistent like we have been in these past couple of games where, you know, we're either really good and we get them three and out or after one first down, we get them to punt, or I think we're going to give up chunk drives. So I think that's going to be a 27 to 17 game. I think we get it by 10, but I think that, you know, both teams are going to score over 15 points and which is kind of the opposite of how I have been over the, you know, this year, but this, you know, the, it's kind of switched over this past, the second half of the season. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully our offense can click on all cylinders the way it did. Um, but other than Von Miller, to be honest, I'm not too scared of, you know, Denver's defense. So if we can keep him intact. I think Allen can maybe pop off again. So we'll see, but yeah, that's my final score. 27, 17 bills, lock it in. And, um, I think that's all we got going for the, for the bills and, uh, time to move around to the Sabres, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. A little bit of Sabres talk now, and this one's going to be a little bit more depressing as my feeling at, at least. Um, you know, Bill's obviously good this past week. Sabres this past week, not so good. So it starts with uh, last week. We'll recap our games. We had Carolina, Ottawa, and Chicago. We went one, one, and one. Am I reading that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so that first one against Carolina. Um, well, actually, before I just like dive into the game, I mean, let's just, you know, address the elephant in the room here. I mean, we just don't have anybody on our team that can score the you know, the, the puck besides Eichel. And it's, it's been that way ever since our first little hot streak. And we had those concerns at the beginning of the year, even when we were on that hot streak. And I mean, it's just, I feel like it, we're saying the same thing over and over again, but I don't get what Ralph Kruger's doing. I don't get what Bottle's doing. I don't get our whole scheme. I mean, we're now we're scratching Colin Miller. It makes no sense to me. We, we refuse to change the lines. It seems like, I mean, it's like, you can't, we're not scoring, but we're, we're going to keep everybody together in the same way. And we're going to just keep doing the same thing. So that doesn't make sense to me. Um, it's, it's frustrating to watch. It's infuriating. It's, it's, it's just a bunch of things. I get so pissed when I'm watching the games, even our power plays, just not the same. Darlene's getting benched now. It's just a whole mess. And I mean, we, uh, hopefully we're supposed to get a couple wins here, a couple streak going against some bad teams. Ottawa, we took care of business, 
thanks to Eichel. But then we go to Chicago, we lose that one very handily against one of the bad teams. And then, you know, tonight we have Minnesota, which is another bad team. But I was looking to get all three of those. You had to at least get a point out of all of them. So it's been bad. It's been bad. And it's seeming like it's not going to get better anytime soon. I mean, this, uh, talking about we don't have anybody that can score besides Eichel. And then the guys that we do have on our roster are all getting hurt now. I mean, Johansson's out, who's arguably been our second best forward, um, maybe third best behind Skinner. And then you, you bring up Tage Thompson for one game, and now he's out three to five weeks. You lose Oposo, he might be done for the year because he got another concussion. Um, and who else? We're down. Uh, who else? I mean, yeah. Sabaka, I yeah mean, so I'm God. looking. I'm looking at the injury report right here that came out today. Obviously, we have Bogosian, who's been hurt. He's day to day now. Johansson, as you mentioned, he's day to day. Johan Larson went down the other night, so he's day to day. That's why Aspen got caught up, called yep. up. Then you got Oposo, Saboka, and then obviously Thompson. His first game, he gets called up. He gets hurt too. So we're pretty banged up, and it's not like. I don't know. It's weird because I'm not like too, you know, when these guys are getting hurt, I'm not like, Oh dang, like it's a huge factor, but it's bad when that many guys get hurt and you're not that concerned because their team's not good. Well, I know, but it is a bad thing because now you're bringing up AHL players. So, right. I mean, now and we have, we weren't good in the first place, but now we didn't get any better because we're playing with all any AHL players. We got, I mean, we got Lazar, playing with middle stat, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't get how you can expect, expect Casey middle set to do anything on offense when he's playing with, with VC and Lazar. I mean, those two guys should be playing on the fourth line on an NHL team. And you, you got Casey middle stat here. Who was a first round draft pick a few years ago. I mean, tore it up in juniors. It's got a lot of skill. I mean, I know there's been concerns about his strength and his defensive zone play, but let's get him some line mates. What, why don't we play him with Skinner? You know, well, let's, let's get Skinner some line, line mates before we get anyone some line mates. He's playing with Evan Rodriguez. I mean, I'm sick and tired of it. Skinner, and I know you. your thing was at the beginning of the season that, you know, Skinner's making this money. He should be able to carry his own line in a way, but... No, I don't think so. Not when you're playing with Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sheary. That's not, you, you know, I mean, I get he's a, he's still scoring goals, though. Get Skinner some line mates before you get anyone some, you know, some line mates. He's at least proven that he can score when he has the right guys. Middlestat hasn't really proven anything. I know, but I mean, I'd like to see Middlestat play with Sheary or I don't know, maybe move Reinhardt with Middlestat. I don't know. I think you need to move. Well, you need guy- to they, I know. I think you need to move guys that have at least the ability to score, right? When they have the puck on their stick, they can put it in the net together. They have a scoring history at least. Yeah. Instead of playing three spread out lines where you have maybe one guy on each line that can score. And then the other two guys are just grinders. No, I've been, I, I agree. I completely agree. I've been saying it all, uh, you know, I've been saying it for the past couple of weeks. Now you have, in my opinion, there's no other option than putting Skinner and Eichel together. I don't Reinhardt. Sure. I would like him on that line too, but to me, you have to put Skinner and Eichel together right now. You have a no dimension offense. You had, like you just said, you have maybe one guy in each line that is a known goal scorer or someone that has a scoring history. That's someone that has some skill that can put the puck in the back of the net. But right now, none of these guys are getting any help. So you put a line out there and it's like a little bit of pressure here and there, but the scoring chances aren't great. The Sabres right now are a one-line team if you co- or a zero-line team. And right now we're a zero-line team because of we're our one-player team. We're a one-player team. So you have to put Eichel Skinner together. I would like Reinhardt there just because I think that's their better chance of scoring. If you put Reinhardt on another line, I don't think he's good enough to carry them. So 
you put those guys together, you hope you can score with that one line. And this is all talking about with what we have right now. I mean, what the, the real answer here is make a trade and get some better players. But what, with what we have right now, you got to put those guys together or else every line's going to go out there and just, you know, do a little bit of this, do nothing and do nothing and then get scored on eventually. And then, I mean, I don't do it. You want anything to add to that? I was going to go to the D a little bit, but yeah, I mean, maybe talk. I mean, I'd like to see. Okay, so if you put Skinner, Eichel, and Reinhardt together, then who do you throw on the second line? I would say you put Milstad with. So like are we who, talking like if everybody's healthier with what we have right now? I'd say let's say like you get Johansson back. I mean, it doesn't sound like Oposo is coming back this year, honestly. Okay, it's, yeah. So I mean, I put Skinner, Eichel, and Reinhardt together. My second line is going to be um, Johansson, Shiri, and. Um, middle Olofsson. Olofsson, yep, Olofsson. Then I would have my third line as VC, Middlestat, and I guess Tage Thompson, but he's hurt now. Um, so I guess you know Lazar or someone like that. I don't know. We ha- we're kind of banged up. Uh, Gerg- and then fourth line, who do you have left? Gergensen's Asplund, but those would be, but, but, but those would be my top two. Yeah, so it would be Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt, Olafson, Johansson, Shiri, um, and then you kind of kind of mix in what you have and who's healthy. But to me, that has to be your top two lines. You have to have those those top three guys. Yeah, I really I really want Middlestat to play in the, in the top six. I want him to play with. Like, then, I would, then maybe I would put Middlestat instead of Shiri. I would put Middlestat as center, and I would I would move Johansson to the wing. I, I could see that, I guess. I mean, I, Johansson's played wing and I, you know, I think, I, no, absolutely. I think, I think Johan, I think on a good team, Johansson's a second line wing right now. We just don't, line center. He's on line center, second line wing, but right now he has to play second line center, second line. wing. you know, it, it's just the guys that we have and he, he's like our third or fourth best forward on the team altogether. So it's tough. Yeah, I mean the forwards are just a disaster. I don't get what bottom rules like is is I I just don't know if 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 there if there's a trade. It seems like, like do this is a lot of winner like not like it just seems I think it's just it's a weird point where I don't think a lot of GMs are looking to trade right now because it's so early in the season. You know, like there's a lot of teams that are hovering around because I mean everybody's if you look at the standings a lot of teams are close, right? So it's kind of too too early to give up, you know? And I, I, the only trade that I could see happening right now would be like a hockey trade where a team really needs a defenseman. Well, and that's what it would have to be for sure. Or, yeah. And I, I guess I don't see like the, the trade scenarios that I guess were laid out maybe a week or two ago where they, they listed some players that the rumored to the Sabres be talking about were like Zucker from Minnesota to Foley from LA. Um, who else did I see? Oh, I saw um, Raquel from Anaheim. Yeah, I saw those I same mean, guys. None of those guys really, like, if you make a trade, like, those guys don't turn, the, like, if we had Zucker instead of Ristolainen, I don't know if we're that much better, are we? No, I mean, maybe not at all. We're the same. We're a little better, but Zucker's not going to turn turn us around all of a sudden. We're going to start scoring consistently from the second line. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I know that everybody's asking for a trade, but we're more than one player away from being a playoff team, in my opinion, unless that player is like Taylor Hall or something, you know, like we talked about earlier. Um, which again, I don't think that's a good trade for the Sabres either. Cause we're going to lose them in free agency. So, right. No. Yeah. I mean, you, 
I see what you're saying, but I don't know. I think, I think there has to be something. I don't know. I think there has to be teams out there that need defensemen that can give up a, a, you know, a better guy than what we have. And maybe it won't make us that much better in the, you know, playoff I mean, team, but, but it could, like you think about it, like those guys that I named right there are, are the market right now. Okay. But maybe you can like get one of these guys for, you know, if one of them, like we, I think we talked about last episode of Zucker's on a, like a nice deal, like get someone for, for next year that maybe can make our team a little bit better now, but then you can plan for the offseason. It's just, it just seems like you have to do something if, you know, with right now is our window should be within the next couple of years. And there has to be something to be done to build that team to get it to where it needs to be. And right now it's like, we're not even close. So it's not like we're almost there. And then in the off season, we can make a couple of moves and we're, and we're there right now. It's just not even close. So, I mean, there has to be changes at, at some point. And then I want to transition into the defense. And I tweeted this out the other night um, when we were playing Ottawa, I think, or I don't know. I forgot which game it was, but our defense is just like with the forward group we have right now. Um, our defense is so completely average that this it's just the, the result is what you get with our team with our forwards being the way they are in our defense. Listen to our defense. I mean, we have McCabe who is, you know, honestly to me, he's not having a great year. He's trying to, he's not that big of a dude who tries to play way more physical than his body allows him to kind of gets pushed off the puck a lot, makes some boneheaded plays paired with Ristolainen. Ristolainen, we know what he is. He's physical. He can grind it on the corners, but he makes boneheaded moves. That's what he does. You know, his whole career, he's been doing that. He does it every game. He's going to make some boneheaded moves. I don't even think he scored a goal this year yet. And that's one of the things that makes him more valuable is his, maybe his offensive ability that he hasn't really brought yet. So he's those two completely average you bring Darlene into the mix. He's still so young. So he has a super high ceiling that we're not exactly sure where he's going to go from here yet. But as of right now, he hasn't played good and he has been one of our worst defensive players. So, I mean, he brings a little bit of skill and a little bit of offense to the table, but at the same time, he seems like he's out there for every goal that scored against us. Um, Colin Miller, for some reason he's scratched now for, to me, he's been one of our best defensemen, but he's also not a number one defenseman. We don't have a number one solid defenseman. He's just a physical guy who, you know, stay at home guy who gets the job done, but now all of a sudden he's scratched. So I don't know what's going through Kruger's head there. Then you have, you know, Yoki Haru, who's kind of in a similar boat with Darlene, where he also has a high ceiling, but he's still too young to really know he's, what he's got. And as of right now, he's just a very average defenseman. Um, Scandella, he's played a little bit better this year, but he's still very slow. He has a good shot, but he never gets it through. Um, I mean, I guess he can tell you what the color of the puck is because he seems never to pick his head up. And then, you know, who else do you have? Bogosian, he's been hurt, but it's just a very average, not great, but not that bad defensive core. Mix that with the guys we have at forward and it's the team that you're going to get. And we don't have, and I kind of mixed it in there when I was talking about the D, but we don't have a number one, you know, defenseman. I mean, if, if people think it's risk aligning still, you're out of your mind. Um, like I said, Miller's not that guy. Darlene, I hope could have been that guy, but right now, you know, he could be, but right now he's not. So it's, you know, the defense hasn't been as much of a problem at the same time. It's, they're not doing a whole bunch, you know, to, they're not like a Nashville team where their defense is super good. And that's what makes them go. So it's, it's tough when you have that defensive core and then we don't have any scoring except for Eichel. It, it, and then our, and then our goalie situation. I don't know, man. I, I'm over, this goalie situation. I want to get a goalie stinks. Yeah. I want to go. I want a goalie that can play, you know, the 50 to 60 games a year. And then you have a backup that plays 30 or 20, whatever it is. I want a, a guy. We, we keep flip flopping back and forth. It's just not going to work. Guys not going to get in a groove like that. Um, to Hunt me, stinks. Uh, to Hunt me, stinks. let's start riding all Mark. 
let's start riding someone. I mean, to me, this is just a Kruger issue. And, and this is, this is another thing I wanted to bring up. You know, everyone is railing on Housley last year, which rightfully so he wasn't a great coach, right? I, I was defending him a little bit, but the team didn't play well. The second half. But what are, I've never seen such a disconnect between coaches in the NHL for the Sabres and like the entire fan base. It's not like half and half fan base is, is agreeing with the coach and then the other half is not. So it's like, okay, the coach, you know, whatever he he's in the locker room, he knows what's going on, but it's the same thing. It, it's the same with Housley and, and career starting with Saboka, right? The whole fan base hates Saboka. He shouldn't be in the team. He should be scratched. Housley loved playing him. Kruger had him on the second line. Then it goes to Scandella. The whole fan base hates him. Everybody objectively thinks he's bad, but he's, he's playing over, over Colin Miller, just as Housley always had him play. And now Kruger does. And then, you know, Colin Miller scratched the whole fan base seems to like Colin Miller. Now he's scratched. So what is the difference between the disconnect between what we're seeing and then these other coaches, because it's a different coach. It's a new face this year, but it seems like he's making the same exact decisions. And he's making decisions. Like I talked about this earlier. He's going off of the goalie situation. He's coaching this team, like a house, like a house team, like a house hockey team. Like he's, he's, giving them even playing time. Like, why don't we ride a goalie? You know, I mean, even at the beginning of the year when, when we were hot yeah. and hot and, and like, we both, uh, we both agree. Hutton's not good, but he was hot at the beginning of the year, but we still yeah, so play him. him. Yeah. I don't get that. You know, he's like, we gotta, you gotta get reps in for the other guy. Like stop. I'm, I'm sick. I'm getting, it's getting to the point where it's, it's okay if you're winning, but all this stuff is so annoying when you're losing, when you won't tell me that Eichel's, like, just tell me Eichel is the first line. Like, it's not a secret here. I know. It's so play the most. Like, you're going to stop Stop with this nonsense where every line is the same. I mean, no team in the history of, of the NHL, right, has, has won a cup playing every line the same way. You think you have Wayne Gretzky on your team and you're going to roll four? Like it is absolutely insane. I mean, you look at you look at the teams that win cups are teams that have sick top six forwards and solid defensemen. You know, so you have to be your best players have to play and be the best players on the ice. No, so, I agree. I mean, it's insane how he's he's running this team. It's because it's not like we're winning like this. So it's, it's changed something to the point where you're beating your head against the wall and expecting different results. You're expecting your head not to hurt anymore. And I feel like he's trying to replicate a New York Islanders in a way where obviously, you know, trots, he has, he has his team and the Islanders where, you know, he has a goalie tandem work in, they kind of play a defensive game. Um, they don't have as, it's kind of an ugly game. Um, but you know, it's not working with the Sabres. So you've got to switch that up. And, and to your point earlier, when there's teams that go deep in the playoffs, they're not just rolling four lines and, and yeah, the, you know, some people out there might be like, Oh, well, look at the minutes played, you know, the fourth line's not playing as much as the, the supposed fourth line's not playing as much as the first line. But yeah, I did look at the minutes played and you're right. Okay. Eichel's line is playing more than a postal's line or whatever, but comparably to other teams around the league, a postal's line and that our fourth line is playing like 11, 12 minutes a game. Other teams' fourth lines are playing like eight, nine minutes a game. So it's like a four or five minute difference from our team to other teams and our, you know, in our, um, in our four lines. They're just, all of them are just objectively playing more comparably than they would on a normal ran team. So it just, it's not working. Yeah. And I would argue that Trotz's Islanders has a way deeper team than we do. I mean, I know they don't have a superstar on offense. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just he's trying to do that, and it's we don't have the guys that you can do that with. Right. We have too many guys. Like 
you know, like I talked about earlier, Lazar, VC, Gergensen's Larson. You know, I mean, none, none of those guys are going to put the puck in the net. At, you know, the Islanders have probably, I'd say, maybe four to five guys that could get you close to 20 goals a year. So, I mean, it's just we, we're playing, we're coaching our team differently for the personnel that we have. Like, like you said, I mean, right now we're a team that we have a, a zero line team and let's try to be a one line team before we, before we be a four line team, you know, um, it's, it's obvious it's either one or nothing right now. Yeah. It's even, it's obvious that we don't have the players to make a run this year, but like you said, let's, let's maybe make a trade so we can get someone for next year and then sign someone in free agency so that we can take steps. You know, I'm tired of us going into every season being the same team with the same problems. And we've gone through multiple coaches now where it seems like we're seeing the same results where we get onto a hot streak that doesn't seem sustainable. And then we come back down to earth and we end up, you know, going on some really bad scoring droughts where our team just looks like we have no shot to put the puck in the net unless Eichel scores a sick goal. Um, So, I I mean, this, this problem is transcending coaches now. So it's not, maybe it's time for Botterill to look in the mirror and be like, you know, I need to get people, some players, regardless of who's behind the bench, I need to put players on the ice that are going to perform. And so, I mean, unless we make a trade, um, I mean, like I said, right now I, with the trade market as the way it is, I don't see us making a trade that's going to, you know, r- instantly change the culture of this team and make us, a, you know, a playoff contender at this point. Like I said, in the preseason preview, I really don't see us making the playoffs this year. I mean, I even said that we're maybe going to be a lottery team. So I, I think that, we really need to, Botterill really needs to look in the mirror and assess what he's done so far. Um, and, and he needs to realize that he's made a really bad trade in the O'Reilly trade. Um, he's made a trade in Colin Miller where his coach isn't even playing him anymore. So, I mean, it's like you, you traded away, you traded for VC who looks like one of our worst forwards so far. I mean, the only trade so far that has worked out, I would say is maybe the Yoki Haru trade. I mean, maybe Montour. I mean, I like Montour. We didn't, I guess we maybe glossed over him. Oh yeah. I forgot about him. But I mean, those two guys, right. I mean, those guys aren't going to score goals for you. So we, we haven't made a trade that's that are, we've, we've gotten worse on offense. Right. Um, I mean, we haven't made a trade that has made our offense better since Botterill has took over. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. yeah, and and I guess Skinner, Skinner was <laughs> Skinner was an awesome trade, but yeah, 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 but but and also the the whole you know scoring the power play, um, it just over it just shadowed our it it clouded our success in the beginning of the year. Our power play was clicking on all cylinders. It seemed like everything we touched on the power play turned to gold. If that doesn't happen, if we even go ha- get half the goals we got on the power play at the beginning of the year, we're not winning you know, half those games. So it just clouded, you know, this team at the beginning of the year, everybody thought, Oh, we're popping off. We have, you know, Olsen. It's like, dude, Olsen scored his first even strength goal against Tampa like a couple of games ago. So if, if it wasn't for that power play at the beginning of the year, we would have been this way the entire time. And if you look at how we were scoring on the power play too, it looks like teams adjusted, right? Cause we were making these cross ice passes, one timers to Olafson. And now we're still trying to do it, but it's not we're, there. We're, teams are taking that away. Cause they see exactly how we score all these goals. They're like, okay, just take away Olsen's one-timer. And we're just, you know, we're brutal on the power play the last few games. So, I mean, it's just like other teams are adapting. We're not. We're not playing to our strengths, and we're not making any changes. So, 
I don't that's know. Just gonna, and that's just going to result in the same thing that you see night in and night out, and that's what's yeah. happening. So, so I mean, um, if we look ahead to tonight's game against the Wild, who are also a really bad team, I'm interested to see what the lineup's going to look like. I mean, we don't have Thompson. Um, is Colin Miller going to get back in the lineup? I don't know. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of chatter that this might be a lineup when we play seven defensemen. And if I see seven defensemen on this lineup, I'm going to lose it. I mean, we haven't scored. We, we, we scored what, what? Michael's had our last like five goals. Five goals, right. And you're going to tell me that you're going to play seven defensemen when we can't put the puck in the net? That is absolutely crazy. And yep. it's, I know it doesn't seem like you, you, a big deal because you still have 11 forwards. It's like, oh, I mean, maybe some people will be like, oh, the guys are going to get tired. I'm not worried about guys getting tired. When you play with 11 forwards, I mean, it sucks. You know, you don't have consistent line combinations. Everything gets jumbled around, right? And if another guy gets hurt, you're down to 10 forwards, and you got an awkward extra guy that has to rotate in. It just ruins chemistry. It doesn't, it just seems like when you don't play with a full four lines here, you don't have any offensive consistency. Lines can't get into, you know, they can't get into the, the flow of the game almost. And then so, when you have 7D, it's the same thing on defense. You have an extra exactly. guy floating around that has a, you know, if you're going to play 7D, obviously he's going to work that guy in. So then you don't have consistency to, on that, on the back end. And, and, I, and, and I players can, don't like that. I can already see how it's going to go. If we play seven too. Darlene's going to be the odd man out, I think just because of how they benched him against Ottawa. I actually um, did like that by career, to be honest. That was like the one thing I liked in the past week or so. It's like, maybe you get, you get him sit down, have him watching him from the press box or something, or, or just send a message to him because he needs to get it, get together for if this team's going to get any success. Right. So, I, I mean, I just, it's just going to be, uh, it's a game where you need to win too. I mean, you have Minnesota at home, right? A really bad team at home. And it's a game where you just, you, it's inexcusable if you lose. It's, a, it's almost like a must win in November. Like, it, the it, Otto, it, like the Ottawa one was probably a must win as well. It's like these teams right. that you have to be. I mean, cause we are time. just, cause the, the state of this franchise, right. We're struggling to stay alive right now. And any, any loss going forward is just absolutely, you know, brutal. Cause I mean, every, every game, it seems like we can't put the puck in the net. So when you have a team like Minnesota come into your building, you have to win this game. So I'm really, it's going to be really interesting to see the line combinations he comes out with. If we play with seven D, I mean, I don't know who you call up is the thing. Like who, who do you call up without Tom, with Thompson hurt, Larson hurt, they already ruled out Johansson. They already, you know, I, I don't know who, who, what do you do? I, I don't know either. And I just, and I know that Rochester has a lot of injuries too. Yeah. So like, so like those guys that would, would have been called up aren't going to be getting called up. And, and, and it's, and, and just from a straight up, you know, entertainment and fan standpoint, it sucks to watch your team lose. Obviously is one thing. It sucks even more when you're watching a team lose that can't score and it's not even fun to watch. You know, if there's if if we're losing five four every game or you know six five or whatever we're scoring the you know pucks and at least you can you know rally behind something and get up for games. When we're losing games three one four two and it's just no offensive chances and the only times that we score the the puck is when Eichel strides in from outside and puts up four in one night it's just not even fun to watch from the outside perspective so it's just brutal from all areas and I don't know I mean like we said something's got to change something's got to change quick we can't let this season slip away from us if we want any chance of uh, even coming close to playoffs it has to start now um yeah I think the most frustrating part is that we, neither of us see a solution like an immediate solution going forward here. I don't see this getting better anytime soon. 
Right. Like I don't, I don't see us suddenly snapping out of this, you know, drought that we're in. So that's the most frustrating part. I don't see what we change lineup wise. Even, even if we talk about line combinations and, you know, getting Skinner with Eichel, I still don't see that as enough to, to change how the games have gone, which is honestly the most frustrating part. Yep. That combined with, to me, um, I agree. That, that's super frustrating. And then the most frustrating part to me, other than that is just, I don't know if it, it's the whole like new coach, same style type thing with the players that we have with Saboka, Scandella, blah, blah, blah. It's just, what are, what are these coaches seeing inside the locker room? Like I'm talking Housley and Kruger, obviously what, what are these guys seeing inside the locker room that the fans clearly aren't seeing? Is there something else going on? It just, to me, it doesn't make sense where it's that much of the, at least with the bills. It's like, we know that our offense is bad. The team addresses it. They, they talk about it. That's the, that's the bad point. Everyone seems to be on the same page. Yeah, it might be bad, but everyone seems to know what we have to fix to get better with the Sabres over the past couple of years. It seems like we think we know what to do or what we think we need to do from a, you know, a standpoint of getting more goal scoring and sitting the right guys, calling the right guys up or whatever it is, playing the right guys. And then the whole, you know, management, the coaching staff, regardless of who it is, seems like it's on a completely different wavelength than the, you know, the fans, which is, I don't know. It's, it's weird to me and it doesn't match up at all. So, yeah, so something's got to change, but it's, it's very frustrating. It's, it's terrible to watch. It's, it sucks, but I mean, Hey, we'll see if we can get out of this funk um, and, and move forward. But any, anything else, I think that about wraps up this up. Yeah, I'm good. I don't think I have anything else to add. Yeah. Um, so a good little event session there, especially on the Sabres, Sabres standpoint. But a um, little announcement also, actually, obviously you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, episode 16 will also be dropped on a Tuesday, so it'll be dropped next Tuesday. Um, Ethan and I will both be out of town traveling, so we'll record on Monday again. And then, so it'll be two Tuesdays in a row. But then we'll get back to the Monday cycle after that. Um, probably have a nice big, you know, episode coming for after Thanksgiving as well. We got a, you know, obviously the Sa- the Bills game, and then there's another couple of Sabers games around that time. So be on the lookout for that. But other than that, go Bills, go Sabers. Keep your he- heads held high, um, and uh, have a, have a great rest of the week. And, and we'll see you on uh, next Tuesday. Street.